0: Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader podcast where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Neha Kumar based in South Africa. Neha is passionate about growing with intention and scaling for impact. This drives her philosophy for building products and partnerships. She is currently the head of product partnerships at Stitch. Previously, Neha worked at Vera Solutions as director of product for AMP Impact at B Lab, creating ESG standards, and building platforms for impact investors, and at Goldman Sachs in the investment banking group. Neha has also engaged as an independent consultant with organizations focused on creating change through engaging entrepreneurs, building programs for female small business owners, and global change actors such as UN, Ecosoc, Endeavor, TechnoServe, and Voxtra. She has a Master's in International Development from Columbia University, and a Bachelor of Science in Economics from the University of London. In this episode, Neha and I spoke about building authentic relationships with business partners, the shift from time-based to outcome-based work, and how the process of hiring a team can lead to valuable reflection. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Neha. Welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Really excited to speak with you today. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat.
0: So you have quite a career that I would love to unpack. You started as an investment banking analyst with Goldman Sachs in the UK, uh, then ended up over in New York as a product manager at B-Lab, and then another four years as director of product at Vera Solutions, uh, Mm -hmm. which I've had another guest on the show speak about their time there. And then finally, now you are the head of product partnerships at Stitch, uh, which recently raised its Series A funding, which uh, must be quite exciting. Uh, But before we dive into some of the insights and learnings you've had as a leader and a contributor along the way. I'd love for you to share maybe a story of an early leadership experience that you had that maybe uh, had a big influence on the career journey that you've had so far.
1: Sure, happy to. Uh, You're really taking me down memory lane. So I think probably the first uh, first time I felt like I was, and and maybe this also leads a little bit to like you know how you define a leadership experience, but but the first time I felt like I was in a capacity where um, I had a certain level of responsibility uh, was uh, early on actually in my investment banking career. And you've mentioned, I joined as an analyst, uh, but pretty quickly, even as an analyst, you you know whether it's interacting with interns or whether it's um, when I graduated to being the second-year analyst and having you know the first years join and and being a buddy to them, already at that stage you sort of start to get a sense for the level of responsibility. And so the first time I was involved with recruiting. Um, on our team for interns and you know, looking through resumes and and trying to kind of get a good grasp for what is the profile we're looking for? What skill sets are we looking for? And, and for those who might be familiar with the investment banking kind of um, journey, it, it is a lot about soft skill sets. So it was actually a very interesting experience for me going through that process of finding people, recruiting them, being involved with their onboarding is because I learned very quickly on that, what you're really looking for in a team or what you're really looking for when you're working with people are how they behave with you, how they interact with you, how do they... Bring themselves to the table. What kind of questions do they ask? How do they engage? A lot of the softer stuff, not the things that I thought it would be about. You know, it wasn't about what school you went to, what program you studied, um, what your grades were, or what extracurricular activities you did. But but more along the lines of uh, really how you show up to work and, and how you behave in different situations that are thrown at you.
0: That's so true. So it sounds like your first kind of leadership story was when. The interview table got flipped and you were on the other side looking at uh, recruiting internships or interns for uh, Goldman Sachs. And it's interesting that you say this this idea of looking at someone and evaluating someone on their soft skills, because when I've been in that role, I read the descriptions and I understand what to look for, but I also start to think, okay, do I act that way in my role? Like, what do I need to improve upon my own? Leadership style, my own work, kind of workforce, workplace uh, personality. Uh, was there anything you learned uh, during that experience where maybe you were starting to build your own leadership style uh, at Goldman Sachs uh, as you were starting to hire your first interns?
1: It, it sounds cliche, but it but it really was about kind of bringing your bringing your own work. Um, you know, I. Uh, Joined a industry and a and a team that is uh, quite heavily focused. You know, tends to be usually. Please um, really seem to have my type of profile. You know, female, um, which you can't tell on the podcast. And so, you know, when when you you know uh, show a certain level of confidence, match the energy of other people in the room. But what I realized through that process was actually. Uh, I I don't have to just emulate what other people look like. I I should be authentic to myself. And the more authentic I am, the better I am at being able to build relationships and work with people. And I think those were kind of the two critical things for me was one recognizing that um, I need to be myself and, and not try to be like other people. And second is to really focus on building actual relationships with people, uh, really getting to know people I work with, understanding what is important to them, uh, you know, what do they value, what are they trying to get out of their, um, out of why they're doing this job. And so those were kind of the two big things that that stuck with me.
0: It's really interesting. And, and so you ended up spending three years there before eventually moving on to B Lab. Uh, as a product manager for their B analytics service. So uh, one thing I, I've noticed uh, when when someone uh, kind of creates their first leadership style or their professional identity at, at their first um, job, then they move on to their next job. They, they really uh, come to terms with um, what they, they want to do or what they, how they want to show up um, as an employee, as a as a peer, mm-hmm. as a leader, what were the, some of the things that you took from Goldman Sachs that you continued um, to kind of uh, bring with you at B Lab? And, and what were some of the things maybe you left behind in that first role?
1: That's uh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, I think to, to start out, to state the obvious, you know, the, uh, for anyone who's familiar with the two organizations, those are very different types of organizations. Um, in, in a lot of different ways. B Lab is a is a nonprofit. When I joined, it was it was quite small. Uh, it was only a couple of years into into um uh in, in into being and and certainly now is a much larger organization uh globally globally focused. But so there were a lot of things that changed when I moved from a a large corporate institution to a a small nonprofit um so the ways of working for a lot of people would feel like they're very different. Um, but again, I think it did boil down to a couple of things, like the reason a lot of people chose to work at B-Lab was about um, their personal being, their values, and what was important to them. Yes, so it, uh, two very different types of organizations, but I think a lot of the things that I carried were quite similar in, in those organizations of, again, building relationships, really understanding what people value. Um I think what was interesting though was moving to a small organization and so a lot of the a lot of the ways I fell into uh, leadership quote unquote roles were were more as a result of the fact that you're building something that you're passionate about and um, you're trying to bring value in a lot of different ways that you can and so my initial time at at epi lab was really just about focus about like where can i provide the most value um and, and so when it came to actually getting to a stage in the company where i was um working with the team and and having people report that kind of stayed with me very inherently of um, how do I make sure that everyone in the team feels like they're they're adding value and they're very clear about where and how they want to add value based on their own personal and professional goals and how that aligns with the company? So I think that was very critical because one of the things that tends to happen um, when you join sort of early stage places is is it's it's all guns blazing. Everyone's asked to pitch in in different ways, but sometimes it gets lost. Uh, for individuals of like, why am I really doing this and how does this align with my own mission and purpose? And so uh, that was very critical for me to be able to maintain from the get-go.
0: And so when you moved on to Vera Solutions, it sounds like uh, that may have been uh, one of the roles where you started to uh, build and and oversee a team. Um, How was that experience different from previous uh, work?
1: Yeah, so exactly as you said, that was definitely one where I started with the company in a way that meant that I was I was going to be focused on building a team, whereas previously it was always, it sort of happened as I grew in my role and in my capacity. Uh, so there was a lot more intentionality here right from the beginning. What that meant was that uh, I really spent a lot of time thinking about what kind of culture I wanted to create. Um and, and the reason that became so important, particularly in a um, product uh, building role was because you tend to focus a lot when you're working in a um, technology-led organization around what the product is and how it works and what the roadmap is and what you're gonna deliver on. And, and actually sometimes not spend enough time thinking about the the culture which for me is the way in which we work um and so for me it was very important to do that from the get-go and i think that the reason for that was because i I think that um i truly believe that culture really is the way that in a fast-growing um early stage organization, you maintain productivity and connectivity and sanity as a team Uh, that defines the way you interact with each other that defines what work gets done that defines the way in which we uh, prioritize the way in which we uh, evaluate where we've done well, where we haven't done well, um, what we need to be doing better, what uh, what kind of work gets done, who who uh, gets to do the work, and and how do they get to do it, and so. From from Right from the beginning, I spent actually a lot of time focusing on those elements, incorporating that into every hire that we made, incorporating that into every process that we laid out, every technology decision that we made around what tools we're going to use as well, um, because that would impact the way that we worked. So it was a very, uh, what I believe, uh, hopefully, was a very kind of uh, 360 degree view uh, about that.
0: So I imagine your kind of leadership style has evolved. You described some of the kind of best practices and intentionality that you brought to that role. And, and now you find yourself at Stitch. You joined last year in a head of product partnerships role. Um, tell us a little bit more about Stitch, uh, what the company is doing, um, and then how this new role is different from your past role uh, at Vera Solutions.
1: Sure. Um, so Stitch is a data and payments API company. Um, we're based in South Africa and in Nigeria. And really what Stitch is about is supporting um other fintech businesses be able to grow and scale and develop. Uh, and the way we do that is is through the API, and it's essentially meant to be able to help uh other fintechs be able to get their products out to market pretty quickly by providing a certain infrastructure layer for them to be able to build on top of. Um, uh, as you mentioned, it is a um, it's quite a different role for me in a couple of different respects. Uh, one is in in some ways it is quite individual contribution focused and two is very external focused uh, compared to some of my uh, previous roles which have been uh, particularly at Vera and then, and then to some extent at the lab as well had been quite predominantly internal focused. so I spent a lot more of my time in those organizations um, working on things that had an external impact but not quite directly interfacing externally whereas at Stitch uh, well, 100% of my role is is on interacting with external organizations that we could be partnering with to be able to deliver on our product roadmap. Um, and primarily, that could be other fintechs or, or banking um, organizations. And um, so the lens that's different here is that uh, I'm, I'm not leading a team but in order to be able to do my work, it requires quite a significant level of cross um, team collaboration across various um, different units within the organization. So I'm spending a lot more of my time um, building relationships to be able to uh, bring information from different facets of the business to then uh, put that together and be able to go out and interface with external uh, partners and in, in kind of helping understand, you know, what are our client use cases, what are the problems that we're trying to solve, um, what are our business uh, objectives from a sales point of view, what are we trying to achieve in the market in terms of um, delivering on our product. So it's it's taking a lot of this information, synthesizing it, and then being able to go and and, and communicate that to potential partners and, and kind of get them um hopefully get them to the get them to the table and then, and then engage with them in different aspects to be able to uh hopefully get a, a partnership to fruition. Um so it's certainly different and and I think where it uh overlaps though in some ways with some of my previous roles is one again around um alignment both internally uh being very clear about what we're trying to get to and and kind of understanding the different priorities for different teams and taking that information and then being able to um to add value to that and then also from an external point of view understanding what our client what our potential partners priorities are what's important to them what's the, what's the value proposition we can bring to them. And a lot of that does involve building relationships. So I guess the the maybe the the like theme across all of these jobs is is the fact that a lot of it does boil down to uh the ability to be able to build um real relationships.
0: That that's really fascinating. I'm curious is this kind of external facing um you know, indirect management type of role, is that something you sought out based on your past experience or is, is it, it just a coincidence that this is what uh, stitch needed at this moment?
1: Um, I think it's a combination. So I, for me, what's compelling uh, about an opportunity and across all my jobs has always been about um where i think i can add value to the organization um and also at the same time where i see alignment between what is important for me uh in terms of what my contribution can be and and what they're looking to do and um i think sort of often the uh the stereotype is uh, you know when you're on a professional journey it is about um for a lot for, in a lot of cases people tend to think it's about growth is equal to um the size of the organization that you're working at or it's the number of people that you're managing or it's uh you know the the uh dollar value of the portfolio that you manage or something like that and and i think that's a very um uh that's not that's not the only way to think about things i think the other way is to think is not just about the number of people who are in your team, but um, what are you trying to achieve with those people? And um, what value can you bring to to this so uh my lens with with joining stitch was more about the stage that the company's at and what i can contribute and and in this particular role given the industry that we play in um there is a great emphasis on our ability to be able to deliver on our product through partnerships and so that was what was exciting for me and i think the other thing that was exciting was uh to actually be able to work across teams and have a a broad picture of the organization um my role allows me to be able to have kind of a lot of insights, as I mentioned, with with interacting with various teams. And so, w- what's nice about that is to be able to feel like you're in the loop in a lot of different conversations. You're not just focused on the one team that you're managing, but you're working across teams and and um, at a stage that the that the company is at right now. that's that's actually quite a compelling and exciting place to be.
0: You mentioned that a through line has been uh, building relationships. Um, What are some specific learnings that you've had uh, between the differences of internal team facing relationships and external relationships? I know from my own experience and from hearing from others that um, managing partnerships can be quite uh, a handful. And it sounds like you have a lot of different partnerships that you're trying to build. So um, tell us maybe a bit more about the relationship building with external partners.
1: Yeah, um, so that's a good question. So I mean, you know, I think internally, obviously, you can you can get alignment through having a shared um, mission and and vision and and uh, values that a company has, and so all of those things um, help to be able to create a certain environment that is conducive to to building and strengthening relationships. When it comes to external partners, um, initially, you have to spend a lot of time, kind of understanding what those are for them um, and finding where the common areas are where you know where you both meet and say okay this is important to you this is important to us as well i think there's an element of that there's certainly an element of uh commercial value and proposition right but i'm talking more just specifically around relationship building given given the question that you asked um but i think the second thing about that is that it has to be an ongoing process right it doesn't just stop when when you first interact when you first figure this out and and work towards uh signing a partnership It, it evolves as um, both organizations evolve, and sometimes they might end up going in different directions. Sometimes they're running on parallel tracks. Sometimes they're running perpendicular, um, and sometimes they might just like go completely in different directions. So it's it's kind of keeping close contact and 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 being genuinely interested in understanding where and how your partner is growing, and where and uh, where their priorities are, and where they're incentivized. Um, it isn't just simply from the point of view of um, how does this impact our bottom line? But I think it has to be a little bit broader in the sense of if you're truly trying to create a partnership, then you're thinking not just about how this impacts us, but also where is the most value created for your partner? Um, and and sometimes that will be together. Sometimes that will only be in certain areas together. And, and I think um, when you are able to have those honest conversations of, hey, maybe we started down this path but right now it looks like this is the only segment that works for us i think there's a certain level of clarity um that is that is useful to have in those conversations and to say okay we recognize this and and this is where we're at and and being able to do that also means that it gives uh hopefully your partner um insight into the fact that you're you're genuinely interested in creating value for them so i guess those are kind of the two main things i would say is is one certainly from the point of view of um maintaining constant communication and and genuine interest in in seeing uh where your partner's um business is going and uh yeah what is uh what is important for them and what a real value you can bring together
0: Uh, Can you share a bit more about how uh, your team, uh, I imagine it's a kind of uh, distributed team, is able to best leverage some of the remote working tools? Uh, Are you in a kind of hybrid setup? And how are you bridging the stitch culture of remote or hybrid work with that of your partners?
1: A lot of my initial conversations with partners started on um, uh you know video calls and getting to know each other uh in that environment is, is something that you know we were all adjusting to at the same time. And so I think there was kind of a mutual recognition of finding ways of um getting to know each other without having the opportunity to to meet face to face. A lot of a lot of the um conversations i have um in in a different time would have happened uh would have happened face to face pretty early on and and so kind of um we actually did get to a stage of not meeting for for months um and in some cases there there are still partners where where i still haven't met them um, but you know we've used virtual tools um like video meetings um slack channels and um and, and kind of those to be able to uh, to work together, and, and I think that's why even more so in this environment, it's been important to to be very clear about um, the purpose of the partnership and why we're coming together, because it it doesn't have the bolstering that it would have had in other times through um, you know meeting in person and and creating some kind of a Uh, a a connection through that in-person interaction. Um, This very much does rely on the clear value prop that both teams are bringing to the table, um, the clear alignment that's happening uh, uh, to a large extent in writing asynchronously. and to be able to make sure that that we're all on the same page. Um, and I think some of that is is then as also translated internally in the way that we that we work. Uh, I think there's a um, increased emphasis certainly in, in my day to day of um, being very clear and concise in writing. Um, what has been discussed, where we are, what are the areas of alignment? what are the areas that we still need to refine or work through? Uh, and so maybe spending a lot more time on on writing things down, reiterating them, um, going back and forth asynchronously to to make sure that we're very clear on on the areas that uh, that we have. Uh, defined or the areas that that continue to need some some additional work.
0: You mentioned this idea of uh, the you know, the challenge of building strong relations uh, or relationships with partners uh, in a remote setting. Uh, I've spoken to to so several people who uh, told me that their superpower was building relationships and networking in person, and so when of remote work has set in, that was a real challenge for them. Uh, they, they weren't able to use their superpower and they really struggled to translate that to kind of the Zoom screen. I'm curious, um, have you identified a superpower for yourself in your kind of leadership and career journey so far and how has that uh, been adapted to, to remote and hybrid work?
1: I'm not sure I have a <laughs> a superpower that I can that I can articulate so clearly. Um, what what I hope I have and that I've tried to adapt in in this um, new environment that we're working in is um, the ability to be able to um, to be able to. Uh, build genuine relationships Uh, and you you know throughout the course of this conversation i've been i've been saying that multiple times um so i hope that is true i i think the way it has morphed uh um in these times is through uh two ways one um I often tended to, and I think a lot of us tend to do this, you know, we, we start called and we ask the other person, how are you? And they say, fine. And then they ask you, how are you? And you say, I'm good. And you kind of move on and you start talking about work. Um, what I've tried to do is is sometimes interpret that with actually asking, not how are you, but asking things like, um, you know, what's been the highlight of your day or the highlight of your week if we're talking later on in the week or um, you know what are you most looking forward to being able to do next week um, or, or something that is a a question that that where I feel like I will get an answer that tells me something about the other person where I actually learn something about them um, and that we often come back to and so with some of um, you know some of the Partners that that I uh, interface with quite quite frequently, we've now gotten this this nuggets of information about each other. Where you know I have a little bit of an understanding of things that might be stressful for them, <laughs> things that might that they enjoy, things that give them joy, and so uh, you know we find ourselves coming back to those uh, and really getting to know each other. So um, I guess that's one way.
0: Right, and, and as we start to wrap up, um, you have had a lot of different experience across both nonprofit research and technology uh, types of companies. Um, and obviously you're now on a kind of venture backed startup journey uh, of your own. Um, what are some trends that you're seeing that uh, you would want to share with our audience?
1: Two trends that um that I've seen that I find particularly uh, um, promising uh, that I'm excited about are one is this uh, idea of doing away with, to a large extent, FaceTime. Um, you know, I've often been enrolled where it's it's about getting the work done. Uh, how you get it done, where you're sitting and getting it done, is uh, is increasingly becoming I- irrelevant, and and so I think that's kind of very energizing, um, and and a and a thing I'm excited about um, is is we're actually focusing more and more on uh, people having clear um, understanding of you know, what are they expected to get done, uh, focusing more on what needs to get done in what time frame and not about, did I see this person in the office today or, um, you know, how many hours were they online on Slack? Um, so so hopefully kind of having a management style that moves away from tracking uh, those kinds of things and instead focusing more on tracking uh, output and outcomes. Um, and then the second is about creating more accountability. Uh, I think, again, kind of moving away from this uh, uh, management style that I've often seen of um, focusing a lot on on um, asking people to do a lot of little things that uh, aren't always necessary but making them feel more empowered and and saying you know you're responsible for this you're accountable for this um and and that creates both a sense of autonomy but also creates a sense of responsibility and actually means you're getting more um more buy-in from from employees It, it creates a certain level of um uh Understanding of like, oh yeah, like you know, they thought thought I should be working on this, and and I'm being asked to to take this on and deliver it, and so I'm I'm gonna do this, um, and and show that I'm I'm ready for this level of responsibility. So I think those kind of those those two things in terms of how we're seeing different um, styles of management come around are are quite exciting.
0: Yes, that that definitely sounds like an ideal setup where. A leader can just say, look, these are the outcomes. These are the maybe OKRs that we have for the next quarter. Um, how you exactly do them, uh, where you're based, uh, the hours of the day, um, just make sure you get them done and obviously you know, keep us relatively updated on your progress so that we can provide support, feedback, coaching where needed. Uh, it's definitely um, a type of uh, workforce uh, setup that I think a lot of people um, are aiming for, and, and some are definitely starting to achieve. Um, uh, I, I thank you so much for, for sharing and reflecting about uh, your journey today. Uh, really interesting insights into how to build relationships and uh, drive partnerships in this new world that we live in. Um, really excited to follow you on your continued journey at Stitch to see how Stitch can you know, make it much easier for uh, startups to, to kind of launch fintech products and, and connect with with bank. So um, I really hope uh, there are big things in store for you and the company.
1: Thank you, Chris. And thanks so much for the opportunity. Uh, and uh, I, I hope this was a, uh, for anyone listening out there, I hope this was some useful information.